0: Welcome. Welcome to the Age of Organizational Effectiveness. This is a podcast that explores stories about organizations and their performance. I'm your host, Charles Chandler. Today, we're at episode number 129, and I'm calling it Landscape Leaders. We're going to have a chance to explore the question of what it takes to manage landscape services on a college campus. And I'm pleased to announce that I'm going to be joined by a special guest. So let's get started. And I'm now joined by Jeff McManus, who joins us via Skype from Oxford, Mississippi. Jeff is the Director of Landscape Services at the University of Mississippi, or Ole Miss, as it's uh, often referred to. How are you doing today, Jeff?
1: Charles, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: It's excellent to have you with us. Uh, We're going to explore a little bit about your new book, Growing Weeders into Leaders, Leadership Lessons from the Ground Level. And that's an interesting uh, title. I I read the book. It's a great little book. Uh, I I really loved it. Tell me, uh, why did you want to write this book?
1: Well, Charles, thank you for the thank you for the for reading it and your kind words. My passion was is to share and to develop purpose uh, for those leaders those who are owning businesses who are who are wanting to make a life of significance you know you start looking at life and being successful but you also want to be significant and leaving a legacy and so that was a big part of that is is the the way we were able to turn things around here and create some momentum not only on things that you could see outdoors and in the press but more of what we were doing with our team members, uh, seeing our team members' lives change, coming to us and telling us their marriages were saved, um, telling us uh, about new job opportunities that they can now qualify for because of the training and the growth that they had spe- experienced with our, uh, our, our growing plan and our development plan. And so I just felt like it was a message of, of encouragement that would help others, that would encourage others who sometimes we get frustrated or we might just be looking for seeing how other people are doing it and just giving people some hope and some ideas.
0: That sounds great. Let's go back to the beginning, though, uh, to the year 2000, I believe, when you joined uh, the Landscape Service Division there. Um, Mm -hmm. What was the situation at the time when you arrived, and and why was it necessary to grow Weeders into Leaders?
1: Well, I was very fortunate to come into a situation that was pretty bad. And I say fortunate because there was really nowhere to go but up. Uh, The the crew, the morale was pretty low. Uh, People did not really have good direction on what to do. The standards were were non-existent. And everybody was just trying to do whatever they needed to do to survive and not get fired. So you had a lot of finger pointing. It's not my job. And I, I needed to build a team that would have passion and want to build award-winning results. So I, I started listening. You know, I started talking to my team members and just listening, going with them out in the field, finding out what their troubles were, just learning the property, taking inventory, and getting to know people. And in the process, as we were working through, we kept running into different barriers, of things that, that would keep us from doing jobs and, and my job at, at, at that point became a barrier breaker and so I really worked to break barriers at that point in the early stage and and build trust and I needed to get that team a highly motivated team because I knew we had a big task ahead of us.
0: Yeah well I think in the book you mentioned it was a sort of a toxic environment spiraling downward uh, when you arrived. What do you think uh, that was the result of, in other words, how did that come about? Was it command and control gone awry, yeah. or or what was it? A, a culture that was not really working.
1: Well, as as uh, John Maxwell always says, everything rises and falls based on leadership, and at the time, the the there was really not good, clear leadership in the direction that the team needed to go. And what leadership there was, it was the old style command and control where you just do what I tell you and don't ask any questions. And unfortunately, a lot of I still see that today in some areas. But that was the biggest problem is that people just didn't trust the current leadership that we were that we were projecting from from our role, from my management role. And I had to I had to break down those barriers to build that trust
0: yeah command and control is certainly still with us uh it's losing its uh force and and impact i think and it's becoming uh, a problem in a lot of situations but tell us a little bit about the scope of your mandate on the campus and uh, off the campus even i think you have um Management authority over the airport and the golf course as well. But uh, as you came in, uh, how did how did uh, your
1: role, your current role, evolve? We were getting a little bit of private money to the university for one-time beautification projects. We had a great donor, Larry Martindale, who was providing him and his wife were providing funds to the university to help beautify the campus with landscaping and. As they planted the plants, uh, Larry came back six months later and literally saw his investment dying. And that's what triggered a lot of red flags is that he was spending money to help create this beautiful campus. And yet all the plants were dying. So that got the got the ball spinning and seeing where we needed to, to get some help. So I was brought in, uh, applied for the job and, and was hired. And we just uh, had to start looking for... Uh, people who wanted to get on board and help build this award-winning property. We did it, uh, we went from, we had 31 people, and we actually lost about seven people, and so we were down to 24. And we never rehired those people back because what we found is we became extremely efficient as we started changing our processes. So, for example, it used to take us 10 days to mow the grass. We uh, got that down to five days by just changing the way we did things. We put the campus into zones, and then we started moving all the objects that were in the turf areas, like picnic tables, trash cans, anything that we could move into the mulch areas, we did. And we created sweeping bed lines so that our mowers never had to back up. And this really helped us tremendously, uh, you know, decrease the amount of time it took to mow. And then we also started taking care of the, the weed issues that we had in the turf. And before long, we got it down to four days. And today we're mowing it in three and a half days because we've gotten some new equipment in and able to do it like um, much more efficient. So we had to build that trust. It took two years before we really got that um, some new money that we could actually start uh, hiring people back in again and start doing some of those things. And as we, we were showing that we were more efficient, more productive with our team, uh, we had some challenges over at the airport. I knew nothing about airports. And so they asked me if I would take a look at the processes over there. And we did. We had some challenges with an outside contractor and we brought it in house and changed the processes. And, we changed the people, and we created an incredible product over there. So we have one of the second busiest airport in the state now. And uh, same happened with our golf course as well. We turned it into a, an operation that's now in the black and one of the best golf courses in the state of Mississippi as far as public courses. So it's all about the people, getting them on board, getting them to buy in, cha- making sure the processes are, are organized and efficient, and, of course, you've got to create that incredible wow product uh, in whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. You know, the technology that's
0: involved here, I guess you would call it landscape architecture plus horticulture, at least on the growing side for the plants. Uh, but then you have, of course, uh, all the management uh, skills that uh, that any organization would, would need to have. How, how has all that um, played out uh, over your tenure there?
1: I spent a lot of time initially focusing on the plants, and focusing on on just that science of, of making sure we grow great plants, and teaching folks our whole aspect of um, how to do their job, and teaching them the skills. And I often refer to that as the part where your hands and your and your brain where you're thinking about these things. But it was when I changed my my thinking and creating, I started growing. Something different besides plants. I started growing the culture, really focused on growing the culture of our people. That's when we really changed and went to a, a whole new level of, of success and significance among our team. Uh, we began to have leader to leader meetings where we, we developed our core values and, and began to really get into the deeper part of what it was that we believed in here. And and what it was that we want to be known for when we work here, and so getting our team into that process and talking about these things was just an incredible eye opener. And it took several months, if not years, to really continue to to talk about these things consistently. That we developed a, a landscape creed that we say every every week in our meetings, and just developed on who we are and what we want to do and what we want to be known for, much like uh, a, a head basketball coach might do for a basketball team. John Wooden, for example, would do for his team. You know, we, we were looking at championship programs and seeing how they were developing it, and that's what we uh, emulated a lot of our what we do today.
0: Yeah, um, I think when you joined, the chancellor said he wanted a five-star campus, and and you came from the private sector where five stars were meant something certainly in the hotel and um, other um, uh, properties there, uh, but you had to def- redefine that as you got onto the campus and. And I think I hear you saying that that's the process you were you were working through is what is five stars? What does it mean to you? What does it mean in this situation? And what are your people going to buy into?
1: That's right. You're right. I mean, I was talking five star and I was talking about let's make this thing look like Disney because um, I was from Florida. I had been in Florida for so many years and, and I realized that most of our staff did not know what that meant. And so I had to make sure that um, we started taking our people to different properties and showing them, making sure they knew what top-of-the-line properties looked like and uh, making sure we were all on the same page of what, what quality we wanted to get to.
0: How did the role of training play a part in this? Uh, I know in the book you talk about working smarter rather than harder, uh, and certainly you sent your people off for some training, and you, you received some training yourself.
1: Tell us a little bit about how all that played out. Well, if you're not growing, you're dying. And so we look at training as growth. We're always either training someone or we're being trained. And that's just part of our culture. And we really solidified that when we developed a course for our own internal program called Landscape University, where we actually develop the classes and we take our staff through these classes so that. We're in alignment on what it is of our quality, our standards, and the expectations of what we're doing on the campus. It has been a game changer having Landscape University on our campus. So we, we, we just always want to be in this constant state. Even in our, in our meetings that we have every Monday, we'll bring a plant, uh, some plant cuttings from outside and pass those around to all of our team members because we want everybody to know the names of those plants. And so we do in a different plant every week. I don't teach those anymore. It used to be that I taught all the classes on, or I taught all the plant IDs, but now I want our staff to teach them so that they can learn the plant names. And, you know, the teacher always learns more than the pupil. So that's, that's where weeders into leaders, where everybody is a leader. Everybody's mindset is they lead at least one person, and that's themselves. Yeah, I remember, um, the army
0: had a slogan, uh, army of one at one point. Uh, um, that's right. The idea that, uh, every person, um, uh, is a leader and, and should take those, those measures. Um, that's right. If you were moving from command and control, which is what was in for, in place at the beginning, it sounds like you're essentially moving toward decentralized teams where they're empowered to, not only take the actions that are needed, but to uh, have the skills and the training and everything to know what those actions are. In other words, they become leaders themselves, and they know what needs to be done, and they just do it. That's
1: right. I mean, uh, our staff has even defined it even more, Charles. They say if it's a $20 decision, um, for example, if it's a plant that's in the field and it's dead, it's it's less than $20, a three-gallon plant. You know, they have the authority to 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 take that plan up or do whatever they need to. Uh, and they have different ways that they categorize it. If it's a hundred dollar decision, you can do it uh, and those kind of things. But we always try to empower our staff as much as we can with the, we push that uh, out to our teams for them to be the leaders, because the worst thing you can have is somebody going, well, you didn't tell me to do that well that's not my job and and you want people to be bought in to to own this to own this property this have this passion of we want to be the best we're not just here for a little paycheck and a pension. by golly, we're here because we love this and we serve it a greater purpose and that's when people start having that, well, okay, I can remove this plant. You know, they've given me the authority to do this and I can trim this because they've trained me and they've shown me how to do this and I can do these things without having to be told. That's That's been the, the game changer for us. Yeah, so
0: you've got mundane tasks, certainly like mowing and trimming and, and weeding and all that. But I think I hear you saying that you want to think about those in a different way, so that you're actually using your creativity, using your um, your purpose, uh, building up your purpose uh, in a way that um, empowers the team and the individuals on the team.
1: That's right, and and you got to answer, uh, Charles. You got to answer why we're here. I mean, why are we here? And you know, we serve at the pleasure of the university. We're here to help recruit great students, great faculty, great staff to come to this great university. And we know that those people who are, are coming here are coming here to learn, to grow, and to go on and do great things. I mean, we have alumni who are in the space program who have been a part of running that who have helped create some cures for some incredible things in the medical world. And, you know, the list goes on and on. So it's a high compliment to know that you've helped recruit these kids. Uh, and you may, in a small way, had a small part in some of their success. And but we know that because the studies show that 62% of prospective college students are going to decide if they come to your university based on the way it looks. And so our staff empower to know their why, why you're here. You're here to help be a part of somebody's greatness, to help cultivate that greatness. And so that really helps that bigger picture of understanding uh, the you know why we're so passionate about what we do.
0: Certainly organizations um, have different benefits that they're trying to interchange with their environment. And I was sort of diagramming out before we got started here what it might look like in your case. Uh, I mean, within your organization, essentially you have your staff uh, and you have your thousand acres that you're uh, charged with keeping beautiful. Uh, you have the equipment that um, you use to do all of these things. But then outside what you're serving, as you say, is an environment where we have students, faculty, visitors, and they are receiving benefits uh from all of this uh not only um you you're getting paid to do this work and but you're delivering economic benefits to the campus you're you're delivering social and psychological benefits to these these folks like students and faculty and even spiritual and environmental benefits if you think in a broader term attracting them to the campus and in uh, you know enabling them to do they're great things. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, what I like to do is diagram all these things out. And in terms of, uh, I always say effectiveness is about converting supply-side intention into demand-side behavior. Um, and so you have a number of things you're intending to do. And the question is, what are you expecting to happen? Uh, what are the outcomes? What are the behaviors that would mean success for you? Um, we could, we could
1: perhaps get into that a little bit, but what, what, what would be your response to that? You're absolutely right because everybody comes in with different expectations. When you first come into a job, you're very open to what it is that the new, new employer needs and, and needs from you. So one of the things we try to do is the very first day is deal with those expectations and start – Uh, sharing those and training those by using our process called Landscape University and we'll start taking them step by step through the classes before we had Landscape University you know it was just a matter of we here go go be with Charlie here out in the field and we hope you learn uh, what it is we're doing and then we'll also train you in some of the meetings as well Um, but now we we've much more organized and making sure that process works, those expectations of what it is. They take a quiz on that. And then they're empowered. Because if somebody else on the crew says, well, this is the way we do it, they, they know they've already gone through the class and go, well, no, we know what the real standards are because we've already we're we're trained and we're in we're in-house certified. So it's very empowering for our new employees to learn those standards right away and to be able to carry those through. But that that helps reduce any negative tension on what is expected because you start talking right away on what it means to be a, a great employee. What does it mean? um, What are the expectations as far as uh, where you're going to be working and who you're working with? And then we put them with a mentor as well now. We assign them an official mentor who – talks to them, shows them different things as well. So it's a lot of hands-on out in the field.
0: Yeah, and I, I know that you've received a number of national awards, um, being judged the most beautiful campus in, in a couple of um, areas. And, you know, all of this speaks very highly to to your process. How have how those awards uh, made a difference in in the way you think
1: about your job? Well, we try to use the awards as a reminder of the external awards as far as being named one of the elite, one of the top campuses in America. You know, when we first started this journey, we were considered one of the, one of the worst and we were considered last place. And then we've taken a, a, all of us ordinary average people and we've created national championship in our landscaping. So we use that and remind them we, we make that a big deal. We put banners up um, in our truck shed, just like you would see in a coliseum hanging down. You know, we've got those in our truck shed that remind them of their five national championships. Uh, We we always try to uh, bring in special speakers who will um, also help remind them of how important they are. You see, people want to know that they're important and they want to know what they're doing is important and they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. So that's. That's all just ties together of those awards validate what we're saying, that you guys are truly doing a great job and you're recognized as one of the nation's best. It sounds
0: like a very empowering environment. I'm guessing you have very low turnover of your of your
1: long term staff. It's funny in this world, you're going to run anywhere between five and 15 percent, depending on what the local Markets doing, but we're so proud of uh, of the folks who do leave because usually they're stepping up, and we're we're excited for them on that. A lot of times, we're the entry level for the campus, and we've had numerous guys who've transferred into other areas. Um, they they like to take our folks because they know they know they're good workers and they're excited about what they do. So we view that as a compliment um, as they on their journey. We encourage them if they are seeking other employment to let us know because we wanna we wanna help and encourage them in any way we can. And it that's been amazing to see how that's helped reduce the tension in the workforce because guys will come up and tell us, um, hey, I'm. I'm working here, but I'm just letting you know I'm also looking for other opportunities. And, and we applaud that because then it, it gives us a heads up on what's going to be coming for us as well.
0: Certainly, you you always want to be able to get your job done, but it's, it's good to see your employees be able to step up as they learn and grow over time. That's right. Yeah. Well, um, we're about uh, – to the end of our of our time here but what would you like to leave our listeners with in terms of things we haven't talked about that might uh, also um, feed into the book and and what you what your hopes and and
1: goal is in 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 the book itself well charles i i would love to give your listeners a my five key leadership principles to grow leaders in your organization these are the key five that i use uh, all the time and i wanted to i'll give those to your listeners uh, for free and i'll i have those already ready on jeff slash organizational and if they want to download those for free i'd love to give that as a free gift to your listeners
0: okay that's great we'll uh, put a link to that uh, on our show notes as well as a link to the book uh, out on on amazon
1: it's been a great pleasure having you with us today jeff well charles thank you for having me and thanks for what you're doing we need to hear uh, great programs like this so thank you for uh, being proactive and and being a thought leader Well, thanks, Jeff,
0: and uh, we hope to have you back uh, sometime in the future, and and we'll talk about uh, something else you're into. Sounds good. Take care. Okay. And that's about it for today. Join us next time when we'll again explore stories about organizations and their performance. In the meantime, you can access all of our podcasts at our website, ageofoe.com. And let me just mention before we go, uh, my book, uh, Become Truly Great, Serve the Common Good Through Management by Positive Organizational Effectiveness is of still available on Amazon. In fact, the price has been lowered, and it's now for 9 on the Kindle edition. So go out there and uh, take a look, download it, and um, uh, you can explore all the things we've been talking about here on the podcast in the book. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon.